I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to La Liga Lowdown. It's a post-Christmas podcast. I'm your host, Matt Clark, and I'm joined by Rory Barlow. How was your Christmas, Rory? Yeah, not too bad. Um, had a nice restful day. Um, had the articulate out, which has been the, the mania of the month for my family. So, uh, so yeah, that was pretty good fun. How about yourself, Matt? Did you have a good, uh, good Navidad? Yes, it was very good. Thank you. Very good. But looking forward to the return of La Liga after far too long away with this international football business. Anyway, as we come back to La Liga... Only five points separate third from ninth, and only six points separate 12th from 19th. So there is a lot of congestion in kind of middle of the table. But it's up at the top we're going to start, and that is league leaders Barca. They have the Catalan derby coming up, taking on Espanyol. They're topped by two points, Rory. This is a big game to come back into, isn't it? Yeah, it is a, it's a massive game, and I think it, it's the first of their tests without Robert Lewandowski, which is the, the key factor here. I think... Espanyol, they do have a tendency to play Barcelona pretty tough, even at home. And if you if we cast our minds back to last season, then it was kind of a fairly lucky win for Barcelona. Memphis Depay got a sort of slightly questionable penalty, and then Raúl de Tomás proceeded to hit the post about fifteen thousand times before the end of the match, um, and they managed to get away with it. But we might have Memphis Depay back up front as as well again. Uh, this time, although there is kind of more of a, a feeling, I think, coming out of Barcelona that Ansu Fati will be given the chance to take on the responsibility in the Paul's absence. Interesting. Of course, that was Xavi's first game in charge of Barca. And as you say, a narrow 1-0 win. And the reverse fixture was an entertaining 2-2 draw, which required a late Luke de Jong salvo to get Barca a point in Cornea. Uh, Mundo Deportivo uh, was saying that this is basically a fully fit squad now for Barca for pretty much the first time under Xavi. Only Jules Koundé is missing, having obviously played in the World Cup final. And uh, Mundo Deportivo described it as a marathon, which could see Barca play 41 games in five months. Rory, this is just the start, isn't it? And if Barca want to win things, they have to hit the ground running. Yeah, I think, and we know the league will be their focus. Jordi Cruyff, Juan Laporta, Xavi, they've all said... The league is our focus. Winning the league will define the season. And having gone out of the Champions League, I think it's fairly easy to put their eggs in that basket because, I mean, as much as a Copa del Rey is always appreciated kind of thing, as much as um, the Supercopa, I'm sure they'll try to win it. Europa League, they'll try to win it. This is, It's all about the league for Barcelona. And this, they're how, well, Xavi might lose his job if they don't put up a good enough fight, I think. I think if they run Real Madrid very close and it's marginal towards the very end, then maybe maybe he does sort of remain in a position. But yeah, this is this is their priority. I think Espanyol, they have enough problems of their own as well. If, I mean, if we want to touch on them, I mean, look at Diego Martinez and Domingo Catoira had a, had a bit of a bust up on the touchline during a friendly. Um, and, and that was kind of, smoothed over a little bit by Martinez in the press conference after the next game but he's been publicly asking for signings he's 
more or less said my squad's not good enough, which is, I mean, as much as I do think there's holes in this uh, this Espanyol squad, we've got Hosselu up front, who is more or less a guarantee of goals. I don't think they've got a terrible backline either. I mean, there's holes in this Espanyol squad, but the reality is that Diego Martinez, and as much as we rate him as a manager, he does need to be doing better with this squad. And so he might be waiting for signings, but one way or another, they're going to need to improve. This game, obviously, Catalan Derby away from home at Barcelona, they're not going to be expected to win. But if they can put in sort of a decent rearguard action, put in a bit of a fight, then that could sort of fire Espanyol back on track because... Yeah, there were some uh, fairly gruesome results and, and more pertinently gruesome goalkeeping from Espanyol in that first section of the season. Yes, they'll need their keeper, whoever that will be, to perform much better. More holes there than in your cheese board on the Christmas table. <laughs> of course, the last time Diego Martinez was at Camp Nou, he led Granada to their first ever win there. So he has got a bit of pedigree to look back on uh, a couple of seasons back. So we shall see. That game is actually on New Year's Eve, which is the, uh, the lunchtime game. Uh, two o'clock Spanish time for that one so uh, you can watch that one before heading out partying on New Year's Eve. As for their main league rivals Real Madrid of course they play first they take on Real Valladolid away from home. Uh, Rory do you think this will be a of course Real Madrid had quite a lot of players in the World Cup too Um, in particular the likes of of Chouameni, Camavinga going all the way with France. Uh, Do you think that Carlo Ancelotti will be able to just Keep, I mean, they were stuttering a little bit before the break, weren't they? Do you think they'll be able to kick into gear straight away? I mean, it's Real Madrid, so there is the expectation that they're going to win and the likelihood is that they do win. But I honestly think this is a, a horrible way to start your sort of return to La Liga season, to be honest. I mean, Vinicius, Rodrigo, Militao, they've been back three days before this game. So, I mean, they might be fit and I, I kind of have a feeling that Ancelotti will still use Vinicius because I think he knows how important it is to get a win. Put Real Madrid back top of the table, at least temporarily, while Barcelona go into the derby. But players returning late. Luka Modric is obviously not really going to be back for this game. I mean, you have that kind of, yeah, tired squad. Canning Benzema will have a point to prove and he'll want to show his fitness. He's been playing little bits in sort of pre-season games. Well, yeah, second pre-season games. Uh, but... This is, yeah, Benzema that's not been fit since the start of September. I mean, as much as we know his quality, like, this guy hasn't been all the way there for for pretty much the entirety of this season. So we don't quite know how he's going to react or how he's going to be. And then you look at Valladolid, who have all of the sort of traits, minus a goal scorer, they could do with a goal scorer, but all of the sort of traits of a team that Real Madrid have struggled against. If you look at the likes of Girona, Look at the likes of Rayo, teams that run you hard, that propose a little bit of sort of attacking threat. They'll try and get in behind you. They'll try and sort of, yeah, compete with you for every single ball. This is a bit of a, a nightmare is too strong, but it's it's certainly a muddy tie for Real Madrid at Valladolid as well. And we've seen how good their support has been. Pacheta, I mean, he whips me up into a stir and he whips the... <laughs> <laughs> whips via the lead into quite a start as well so uh so yeah i think it's it's not the easiest welcome back but then admittedly we do have to say i mean this is real madrid and i don't know how many hundreds of millions will be between the two squads in terms of value and um, they should win this game still but ojo is what i'll say ojo a potential banana skin then okay well let's rewind then to the start of the jornada because kicking us off on thursday when la liga returns it is 
also in Catalonia, as well as, uh, of course, Barca, Espanyol, is Girona at Montilivi, taking on Rayo Vallecano, which I've termed the Michel Derby. Yes, no, the, well, Michel, much beloved in both uh, camps here in Girona and in Rayo, of course, he's from uh, Vallecas, from the area there and, and went on to manage them. And Girona, I think he's probably one of their most loved managers um, in quite some time, possibly, yeah, um, one of the most loved that they've had because he's really sort of integrated into the community. But but yeah, I think this could be a fun game. Should be said, Raul de Tomas won't be back because he's still not been registered and that won't be able to until the transfer window opens. But this is a Rayo side that we know how good they are and we were just talking about how well they did against Real Madrid. I mean, this is Girona side that also took points off Madrid and both of them have kind of similar facets to them in that the fact that they I'd say Rayo are a little bit more direct but both of them like to play open football both of them will attack both of them will press both of them have managers that are protagonists in a sense they like to find solutions for their teams and they like to move people about a little bit so there's a lot of talent on the park you'll have uh, Isi Palathon um, which Possibly even a better case for the bold Beckham than uh, Patrick <laughs> Gomez does. But uh, but yeah, this could be a pretty exciting game at Montalivi. I'm kind of looking forward to it. And as much as it's maybe not a star-studded tie that most people will look at and go, yeah, I want to tune into that, I think it could be a cracking game to, to get us back into the swing of things. I, I love that. The bold Beckham, uh, AP Palace on it. <laughs> That's going to take some beating uh, from this pod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the... The big headline game, probably on Thursday, is actually in Seville. It's Real Betis against Athletic Club, Pellegrini against Valverde. Um, 17,000 were at an open training session this week to see Betis. The Beticos are really keen to see their team get back in action, aren't they? Yeah, there's a really good feeling around Betis. I think that was a pretty exhausting start to the season. They were missing Fekir and Juan, Juan me for large sections of it. But now that they're back, I think that's big for them. They look fully fit. I mean, they'll be missing their Argentines, which I do think is significant for this game. I think Guido would have been a good physical, strong midfielder to have amongst their ranks to go up against Athletic. But uh, but yeah, this is a Betty side that's kind of yeah in their own sauce. They're looking to challenge for top four here. Borja Iglesias has been linked with Atleti recently, but came into a training session and said, nope, I'm focused on Betty. So there's nothing there. If there's something to say, then I'll say it. But right now all my mind and, and everything I'm doing is focused on Betis. So you're talking about a striker who, I mean, Atleti would be probably the biggest move of his life if he were to, but he's happy enough to, to say, yeah, I'm all about Betis here and not act coy as I think many footballers would do in that kind of situation. So, so yeah, a really fascinating game. And up against Athletics Valverde, who are very much still in the litmus test phase of they seem to be able to beat the teams that they're meant to beat which is no small thing. It's a lot of teams' downfall, in particular Villarreal's. Um, but uh, but if you're talking about the top four race, they need to start taking points off those kind of rivals in and around them. Betis would be a perfect opportunity to do so, but I think it could be a tight game, potentially even a, a draw. I think both teams would, would settle for that if it came to Yes. Well, they're level on points, both on 24. And, uh, yeah, as you say, Betis missing a couple of players. Athletic, not, because, of course, only Iñaki... And uh, Nico were at the World Cup. Do you think that's going to play to their advantage, or we heard a lot from Paco and Tom on the last pod talking about which teams would would kind of come back best? 
Athletic, obviously most of their players didn't go to the World Cup, so it would have just been training and getting back up to speed, whereas Betis had quite a few in Qatar. Do you think that being at match speed is going to benefit Betis, or do you think that having the break and then just coming straight back in will, will be Athletic, who, who are the main beneficiary? Honestly, I think it's very hard to tell. I think it's kind of like pre-season. I mean, you can form your narratives, and I, I have formed one that I will come on to later in the pod, but um, but I think it's it's kind of like pre-season in the fact that some of these teams, they look very good, and then Barcelona draw nil nil with Rayo at home, and that didn't prove to be sort of... Uh, didn't prove to be a directive on how the season was going to go, but it was very much kind of uh, the air coming out of the balloon. So I think it's hard to know, especially for these first games back where people are maybe a little bit lacking sharpness. Betis, theoretically, I think this does benefit them. Athletic, again, I think more time to work with Ernesto Valverde can only be a good thing for Athletic. So I think these are two teams that won't have been hurt by the break at all and Betis as much as, yeah, they are missing a couple players early and... Given some of the scenes in Argentina, Lord knows how Pizzella and Rodriguez and Guido get back. But uh, but yeah, they should be the rest of them should be pretty raring to go. I think. Mm. One more game to preview before the break, and it is at the one at the Civitas Metropolitana. It's Atleti taking on Elche, rock bottom Elche. Um, Paolo Machin. Well, I'll ask you about the two managers in a moment. But first of all, the Borja question. We, we touched on it just there. Do you think Aleti are wise to try and go for it? I mean, Marca saying the clubs are actually speaking. I know, obviously, Borja said, told El Chiringuito that he's just concentrating on Betis, as you said. But Marca mm-hmm. reported that the clubs are are talking. Um, so do you see this as a, as a feasible transfer? And, and would it work? Well, if we want to look at Cholo and his record of signings, he operates better with veterans and older players who know what they're doing kind of thing. He doesn't have a great track record of developing people coming into the side. Matthias Cunha and Cheryl Felix being two kind of very prime examples of that that are very relevant to this. I think Borja Iglesias suits them in terms of style. He's a fighter. He's relentless. He gives them a lot of things that they need. Whether Atleti maybe asked too much of him. I mean, you have Griezmann there. Can he sort of become more of a goal-scoring factor? Because he's been very much a creative force. And... I love Borja de Bits, but he's only hit 20 goals a couple of times in his career. And granted, his career has been on an upward trajectory for the whole time. But if you're an Atleti striker, if you're costing upwards of 40 million, which is the figure that's been quoted, then you're going to need to be hitting at least 20 goals a season. Can he do that? Can he do that against defences that are maybe a little bit more packed in against him? I think Atleti, that's their biggest issue. In theory, he helps with that because he gives them the aerial presence. I think Betis is a terrific place to sort of mould your craft because they play in different ways and I think Pellegrini adapts quite a lot to different teams. But personally, I, I think it's a signing that could work for a couple of seasons. Whether I see it long-term working and then whether you want to invest 40 million into it, I don't quite know. And this is no slight on Borja because, I, as I say, I love Borja, a big fan of his and what he's been doing lately, but it seems almost a bit desperate from Atleti in the sense that they're looking around and thinking right who can we get that actually fits our style that actually fits Cholo and he maybe suits them the most but isn't quite exactly what you want to spend 40 million on that makes sense yes yes I'm just picturing Diego Simeone on a kind of supermarket sweep dashing with a trolley around the aisles (laughs) trying to find players to desperately 
push them up the table. Of course, it is a big game for Diego Simeone because Atleti really need to kickstart their season. Um, dropped out of the top four. Obviously, it's very tight, but they are currently outside the top four. And of course, for Elche, they've appointed Paolo Machin. He's, many say he's doomed to fail. So in, in many ways, this is a bigger game for Diego Simeone, isn't it? Yes, I mean, all the pressure is on Diego Simeone. And Atleti, I think if you come out and you don't win this game, then you're back into the same kind of issues that we've been talking about for the first part of the season. And yeah, I mean, it is a failure of theirs to not, I know they're level on points, but it's a failure of theirs not to be that third team because the gap in budget between Madrid and Barcelona is massive to them, but the gap in budget to everyone else is also massive. So, so yeah, Diego Simeone does need to sort of put them on the straight and narrow and anything but a win here and plunge them back into crisis. That's far too strong, but it's certainly sort of, yeah, you're looking for the brakes on that trolley and, and, and trying to stop you sort of going downhill and careering back into that kind of um, problematic run that they were on previously. And that is perhaps a bit of an extension of the metaphor too far, but uh, we're, we're working off the Christmas, uh, Christmas fat as we get back into, back into the season. Indeed. But on that note, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there for part one. When we come back, we'll preview the rest of the games of this match day. Um, so stay with us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. It's our match day 15 preview. It's crazy to think that it's nearly January and we've only played 14 rounds. That's a lot of football to be played between now and May, June. Um, five more games to touch upon. First of which, well, on Friday the 30th, we have, uh, we've already mentioned Real Valladolid against Real Madrid. So the other three games, Tafe Mallorca, Cadiz Almeria and Celta Sevilla. I want to talk about Sevilla. I mean, there's... Balaidos is currently pretty much underwater, but it's Sevilla that are sinking, isn't it? Um, what is going on there, Rory? There's been more drama, despite the fact that we stopped for the World Cup. The drama has continued. We've, we talked about Isco before. He's left, uh, agreed to break their relationship. And yeah, just more and more of co- uh, rumours of conflicts with the president, with Monchi, with Sampaoli. It's, it's a mess, isn't it? May I say that that was a lovely Spanglishism there, break their relationship. I feel, feel like that definitely came a little bit from Spanish. But but yeah, I mean, this is a severe side that we've discussed ad nauseum almost. Um, I think the positives for Sevilla, this was the narrative that I'm going to build from meaningless games. Four sort of pre-season games in inverted commas, 12 goals scored, one conceded, three wins, and then the other one was a draw against Monaco. So that's pretty good going. And one of them was a 7-0 win against Follendam, and granted, not the highest quality of opposition, but 
you take your sort of positives where you can find them with the severe and yeah Jorge Sampaoli we knew that maybe a period of adaptation was necessary I think if you look at Lopetegui's severe if you look at Sampaoli's severe before the break there wasn't vast differences there there were differences and there were sort of things that he'd adjusted I think he moved them a little bit higher I think he made them a bit more aggressive but I think Sampaoli maybe perhaps came to the conclusion that I can't change things too drastically in this spell before the World Cup. So I'm going to roll with what I have, make little adjustments, and then as soon as I get to that break, I'll have the majority of my players available and I can start working to, to really Im implement my methods because we know what the Sampaoli Sevilla looks like when it's on form, when it's rolling, when it's really going well. And that's a very dynamic side. And then whether they have the players for that, I don't know. But I think we should see a Sevilla that's much closer to the... Bielcista Sevilla that we're kind of accustomed to under San Paoli. Against the Celtic side that, yeah, have plenty of problems on their own. And uh, and yeah, Carlos Carvajal, I think a good manager. I think almost similar in the sense that I think he'll be a little bit more, maybe not more ambitious than Chacho Claudette, but I think he is probably on the more sort of liberal side of a manager compared to the kind of more conservative defensive side that La Liga has become so used to in recent years. Yeah, well, of course, there is a chance this game could be postponed because, as we say, there's been flooding at Balaidos, as there often is at this time of year. And still, what are we now, two or three days away from the game? And yeah, it's still looking pretty pretty bleak there. So if there's any more rain, it could be could be the first one to, to be postponed this season. Yeah, 100%. I think, uh, I think that would be a, a spanner in the works, I think, very much for Sampaoli and Carvajal because that it's a nightmare that you spend two months building up to one game gets postponed or your players are kind of antsy in a sense because you're building up to that game and until it gets called off which I'm assuming won't be until the last minute I'm assuming that will be sort of a day of the game job then you're just kind of trying to build up as normal with the knowledge in the back of your mind that it might not be happening and so uh, so yeah tricky situation for the managers I think it's a tough one to send them out with the same verve and kind of uh, tenacity as they would perhaps like to in that situation but fingers crossed it goes ahead yes yeah it's not football it's La Liga um, <laughs> those other two games then Heta Mallorca Cadiz Almeria and the Luth Derby uh, both sides are already out of the Copa I don't know if you have any thoughts on these I'm just excited to see Vedat Marici back again yeah Marici was one of the foreign players of the league wasn't he I mean the big man mountain I think me and Tom both, well, Tom actually got his out, but me and Tom both tried to write sort of uh, little sort of profile pieces on Marici and his form because we were just so enamoured with what he was doing, particularly in that win over Atleti. But, but yeah, Al Maria obviously got Luis Suarez back. What are your thoughts on them, Matt? Yeah, I think um, this is going to be quite an important clash. Al Maria have done pretty well. Initially, they, they really struggled for goals after the loss of Vilma Sadiq, but in recent weeks before the World Cup, they remedied that and they had that fantastic run of home wins scoring goals uh, in front of their fans this will be a tricky one away away at Cadiz but then Cadiz as well have, have been struggling for well both ends of the pitch and they are also in the danger zone so yeah of course both these sides have been eliminated and, and almost uh, humiliated in the Copa del Rey <laughs> losing to lower league sides so you know that's the last thing you need as a coach to to go out of the Copa early, even if you know it's not a priority, the priority is to stay in Primera División. So these sides will want a win to kind of kickstart or end the year on a good note. But 
Yeah, I, it's hard to call this one. I think this this could be a draw too. Yeah, you may well be right. Cardiff, I think their president, we, we touched on it, Manuel Biscay, you know, admitted that he'd got things wrong in the summer. Mm. Whether he actually tries to go and rectify it now in the winter is probably the big question for them, and it could be the determining factor as to whether they do stay up in Primera. Indeed. They have made a couple of signings already, um, but uh, whether they'll be able to play, I, I doubt, because it'll need to be the January the 1st, won't it? But... Uh, Yes. Anyway, moving on to New Year's Eve. As we say, Barca against Espanyol is the headline. But two more intriguing clashes join them. Real Sociedad against Osasuna. Real Sociedad, one of the real good good uh, fairy tale stories of the first half of the season. Up in third in the table. Great work done by Imanol Alguacil. He's earned himself a new contract. And Osasuna too with uh, Jago Barasate. Also, I think it's fair to say overachieving and looking to potentially push on for a a European place um, should be an entertaining one. This one, yeah, it should be. And uh, and Real Sociedad, perhaps with Mikel Oriazabal back. I don't know how how I have to admit I don't know how it's looking with him and whether he's set to play at all in this. But he's certainly had the recovery time. He's been on the training pitch for a good few months now. So so yeah, hopefully we'll see him back in action, which is a highlight. Also, Suna will be without Ante Budimir, which is a bit of a loss for them. But in Kiki Garcia, I think they have two strikers that Arasati can sort of close his eyes and flip a coin over and they give you different things. And I think Budimir is a better finisher. Kike Garcia perhaps gives you a bit more work um, and a bit more sort of uh, in your face up and at him, which Osasuna obviously quite like as well. So, so yeah, I think they have a replacement in Kike Garcia, but I think this could be a quite a tight game. We know that Real Sociedad aren't prone to a goleada and uh, Osasuna are quite happy for a team to have the ball let them sort of sit a little bit in front of their box and then spring that counter so so yeah it could be a pretty good game in the basque 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 Navarre and derby depending on which side of the divide you sit on indeed well the last the last few competitive matches between the sides 1-0 2-0 1-0 1-1 1-1 so yeah not a high scorer <laughs> um, so if you want gold, that's probably not the place to go. But if you want a good, entertaining match, that could well be your port of call. The final game of the year is Adela Salamaca for the first time this season. Villarreal in a local derby against Valencia. Um, I get the feeling you want to talk about Villarreal quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, Valencia's, I mean, Yunus Musa had a very good World Cup, for example. Uh, Villarreal have had some time with Kike Setien to, again, adjust his methods a bit like Sampaoli. So I think there's quite a lot of expectation that Villarreal will, will push on. Gerard Moreno is fit again, uh, a bit like Wea Thabal. He could re really be the, the fuel to, to fire their charge up the table. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, if anyone wants to spend their New Year's Eve with Paco Polit, well, you'll find him on Plaza Deportiva um, on the radio. Ya lo sabia in big block capitals. He was uh, in on the group chat as soon as these fixtures were announced because he knew that Valencia would be on the final game before New Year's Eve and that he would be um, knocking his pan in on the radio as he always does. But it should be an interesting game, at least for him, because I think Valencia, they'll look at this terrible away records I think they've got maybe one away win or perhaps winless away from home it's it's a, a bad away record they have struggled to put 90 minutes of solid football together especially away from home but they have shown signs of sort of some really promising football some really entertaining football which I think was a release for for many Valencia fans after Bordalas 
Um, and as you say, Musa had a brilliant World Cup. I mean, they've got Cavani, who should be sort of even fitter and even more sort of in tune with his teammates because he never quite got sort of a run in the team. And then Villarreal, yeah, of course, Kike Setien, who's under pressure already. We've we've spoken about that. And this is a Valencia side that will come to play with them. They're not going to sit deep. So in theory, that's a side that Setien will like to go against and that he'll back sort of the likes of Gerard Moreno to exploit holes in. But neither of these sides give off the impression that they're going to be solid or comfortable in this match for me. So it should keep you kind of on the edge of your seat. I think it's it'll really go some way to kind of set the tone and especially as you say back in La Ceramica that's a big occasion Kike Setien just cannot disappoint in this match even if they lose I think it'll be a problem if they draw and play very well it can it can maybe sort of just about survive without too much blowback but yeah this is a massive massive game for the Yellow Submarine On the back of that then I'll ask you a question to finish which coach do you think is going to enter 2023 under most pressure? That's a cracking question, it has to be said. You know, Kiki Setien probably is okay for a few months having deciding, decided to keep him going after um, after sort of coming close to sacking him. We know that Fernando Rudge had his doubts. So, so yeah, Pino. it's quite a hard one. Yeah, Yerai Pino being, being the biggest doubter of them all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'd say even perhaps... Sam Paoli because I mean as much as Sevilla have only just appointed him well they've given him a month or so they make it through January and they're still in and around those relegation places people are going to get very very itchy at the Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan and there's already sort of turmoil and anger Monchi is under pressure now as well for I think for the first time in in over a decade since he was kind of first in that job so so yeah I think Sam Paoli is, is going to be feeling the heat if he can't inspire sort of a comeback. Mm, interesting. Well, as I mean, as Paco said on the last pod, the fixtures look better for Sevilla because they're against teams at the lower end of the table, but that's a double-edged sword because if you don't win those fixtures, it looks a lot worse. And then direct yeah. rivals are gaining ground on you. So, yeah, quite a, an interesting few weeks ahead. Uh, of course, January transfer window too. Join, uh, join us on Substack, llonline.substack.com, where we'll have articles out every day, um, starting from Wednesday again, uh, all the way through, looking at teams, managers, coaches, transfers, all that kind of thing. Plenty of quality content on there. Thank you very much for your insights, Rory. Enjoy the match day. A pleasure as always, Matt, and hope you're feeling a bit better. Matt has struggled <laughs> through the pain and, uh, and influenza to be here with us today, so... Uh... Hope you get better soon. Gracias. Uh, it's yeah, it's touch a man flu, but I'll be I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> uh, Legal Lowdown will be back after. Well, it'll be back in 2023 with a recap of round 15 and uh, a look ahead to to what's to come. We've got plenty of matches coming up: Copa, Supercopa, plenty of La Liga. Uh, as as La Liga's slogan said, it doesn't stop. So neither will we. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you soon.